good evening and welcome to Mound Bears. I'm Mason Light, and with me tonight is the cubby with the most. This is the sweetie sweet, the techie bear himself, Techie Joe. How are you doing? Hello. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm glad after a month we finally got the car back. Yes. <laughs> it has been a fucking week. Mm, oh, it's been a week. It's been a week. Oh. It has been one of those weeks. It's like, are we serious? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Between, I don't know, business and work and everything else. And we're going to get two Are You the Assholes tonight. Oh, are we now? Yes. I just oh. saw one. Oh, you just saw one. Right. You're supposed to be looking, you, you were supposed to be looking for relationships. Well, I've got relationship too, but we're going to do two. Because it's in the wrong category. Ah. So yeah. it's, uh, am I the asshole that should be a relationship? No, it's am I the asshole that should be an am I the asshole, but it's in polyamory. Ah. Interesting. Yes, it'll be quite interesting. So I'll go ahead and get that one coupled over to you. Uh, of course, we all saw that, uh, you know, Lizard from Florida said he wanted to be the president. Oh, yes, DeSantis. Yeah. I'm just waiting for his, you know, drag pictures to fall out. Or him to be caught with, you know, I don't know, something else. Yeah. 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 More than likely, yeah. Right. Like, I, I don't know what it is. It just Trump seems like... something against him. Oh? Trump does. Mm hmm Well, yeah, probably. I don't know though anymore. I like I feel bad trying to assume that that like there's there's intelligence to the Trump campaign. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I really don't think there's anyone doing that trying to right. dig up dirt. Like I think he's afraid that some like they will start to dig up dirt on others. And end up finding it out more on Trump, right? Because, like, dear God. But yeah, no. Oh, oh, there it is. Okay, got it now. Ta -da. <clears throat> yeah. All right. <clears throat> um, but. I don't know. I just think that it's going to be scandalous. I'm very, very excited for Kentucky, um, for JFK's nephew to run. Oh, good deal. Yeah. Should be an interesting campaign. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that should be really comfortable. Um, I also feel like, you know, it'll be an, hopefully a very uneventful election season um so, well i mean okay now trying to call this an uneventful election season sorry too fucking late okay too when i say late. uneventful i mean that we do not have any protests from hell any destructions of government vehicles <laughs> destructions of government property any assassinations well, you know, something. 
those those would all be good things. Um, I mean, but how are you feeling about blowing up the economy? Yeah. You know, I've lived with Brad credit all my life. It's time the U.S. did too. <laughs> well, see, now that is actually technically what functionally happens is, you know, the, the U.S. does have a bit of a credit card. Right. Um, the problem is we're just not paying it. Like right. we, we've racked up the debt. Mm-hmm. Now we're just going, no. Nah, yeah. Not going to pay it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have the money. This is the bad thing. Mm-hmm. We have the money. We can pay our debt. But our budget says we shouldn't. I don't know. Like, I have thought for a very long time that, you know, we need to start taxing some people. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of a big part of that situation. Yeah. Is this is all holdover from Trump. We already authorized the spending. A lot of the reasons that we have such a ballooning debt is because of all the Trump era tax cuts. Right. Um, so now we have Republicans wanting to gut, you know, veterans benefits, social security, you name it. Right. Uh, healthcare for the poor. I mean, like the list just goes on and on and on. Let's gut all these social programs mm-hmm. because, you know, what else would a Republican do? Right. Um, and not really look at the spending. Right. As we keep giving tax cuts to the uber rich. Right. You know, and what's bad is they have begged us to tax them. Warren Buffett said, tax the fuck out of me. Yeah. Well, and I think there there should be a reasonable understanding mm-hmm. that, you know, hi. Right. Um, I, I understand you made multiple millions of dollars. I, I don't care what industry you're in, uh-huh. that's only possible through social programs. You're right. In the existence of fire departments, transportation, right. internet, whatever you're doing right. as a business owner is only made possible through exploitation of all the wonderful benefits of living in any country that is developed you know um so hi be willing to pay some of that right like appreciate it instead of letting it run into ruin and chaos and then how are you going to make your money how are you going to make your money um additionally don't trash the economy just because you don't want to pay that well, they're trashing the economy because they want to be able to claim that for their, you know, use it as a campaign portion. Oh, yes. Here we go. Uh, Devin has a beautiful idea. Tax all the Amish in Ohio. It will fix everything. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Oh, no. I learned uh, my Wednesday surprise. I got to spend another $500 on an oil cooler pump. Ooh. Ooh. Well, what I find interesting is Bill Gates is allegedly worth $112.9 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Bozo is worth $139 million. Elon Musk is 186 
five billion, and Bernard Arson, no Armiston, which I'm not even sure what he does, is worth two point seventeen billion. Hey boys, let's play Shark Tank. Yeah, now we have a lot of trillions of dollars of debt to pay. How much will you lend us? Exactly. No. Well, and the reality is the U.S. can pay the debt. Um, right. The problem is mm -hmm. um, the, it's a really screwed up system. Mm -hmm. um, the, the national debt, yes, some of it is... It, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. Is the, the best way to think about the national debt... Mm -hmm. Is that yes we are long-term financing a lot of projects sure. um so it's a lot like buying a house mm -hmm. um and so yeah we are technically going to end up spending more than we take in mm -hmm. um so we create bonds and and, and various financial instruments that right. help us to pay tomorrow what we're doing today right um the, the the debt ceiling is literally just the point in which um you know how you can like set a, a spending alert mm -hmm. on your bank account right. like oh my god i spent 150 dollars or i spent a thousand dollars and you get an alert um, that's sort of what our debt ceiling is, is this is how much we can spend before we go, okay, take a break, take, take a moment, take a breath. What's, what's going on? Why are, why are we spending this much? And then the idea was supposed to be, okay, do we want to continue or do we need to have a conversation about okay we've spent this much money what do we need to do like how do we increase revenue or how do we reduce expenses one of the two right granted that's sort of what's happening um it's just happening more like an abusive alcoholic husband comes home finds out you put anything on a credit card mm -hmm. um and basically puts a gun to your head right and, and says, you know, if you spend any more, I'll kill you. Mm -hmm. That's effectively what's currently happening with the Republican Party on our debt ceiling. Well, yeah, and this is what I say. I say when we, when we make senators and congressmen voluntary positions, we take that money and we snowball it onto our debts. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. True. I think our spending cuts would get a lot more massive if they no longer got paid. Or they got paid minimum wage and had to clock in. Oh, That's yeah, that'd better. be nice. Federal minimum wage and has to clock in and out. If they are not yes. voting or in committee meetings or in other meetings, they don't get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I definitely would look forward to, however, them going through and deciding to remove Mm -hmm. the debt ceiling right um our government existed many 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 years without it right um and then it served a purpose and there actually is a congressional testimony um it served a purpose mm -hmm. that purpose is long since gone 
Right. Now it's just an ugly political tool. Right. Um, that, that throws us about every few years mm-hmm. onto a cliff and right. says, you know, abandon all you who have hope here um, regarding social programs. Well, I think that should be like tattered on every government building. I like that one better than, you know, in God we trust, because they never know which God we're trusting in. And, you know, I really don't want to trust in, like, some of the more drunkier gods. I mean, do we want to trust in Bella? Do we really want to trust in Bella, who's wine god? Trust in Zeus. See, that's just a damn thing. If we trust in him, women will get, all these young girls will just pop up pregnant for no reason. We'll have Harris throwing fucking storms in the in middle of the United States. You know, we'll have some muscle-bound half-god running around chasing a golden goat. You know? You know, it's like... Uh, at least it'd be interesting. Well, at least it would be interesting. I mean, it could get more entertaining than politicism has been here lately. Like, I miss a good exchange of wits of Ronald Reagan and what was his name? Um... Was it Cole, Colin Powell? He ran against Reagan in his second term. Oh, I have no memory. It was the best debate I had seen in years. Reagan in 86. Mundane. Mondale. Ah, uh, Mondale. Yeah. Which that was almost like a pity throw. <laughs> Aww. Look, really, we have not had any really good debates in a while. We had no. this awesome case, I mean, during the Hillary thing. I mean, he looked like he was going to lose his freaking mind and he was trying to go after her, but couldn't come up with anything. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I don't know. I was thinking the last decent presidential debates were uh, Clinton era. Yeah. <sighs> Hello, Michelle. Then we had Bush. Oh, no, Obama era. Obama era. Those okay. were some pretty decent debates. I mean, now, granted, some of them were more hysterical than others because right. God knows Caribou Barbie. Oh, please. I mean, see, here's the problem though. Obama was too high class. Okay. Like, he would not go and just, you know, basically call her, you know, Caribou Barbie. Caribou Barbie. Yeah, Caribou Barbie. He would not go and, you know, say, well, that's about as intelligent as, I don't know, selling uh, Mexico to China and taking the profit. Well, fair. But at least they were solid debates. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's the last time we saw solid debates. Right. Like, really, truly solid debates. Right. Um, like, yeah. 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 I'm not, and I'm not saying that Joe Biden is a bad debater. It's just, well, the field <coughs> wasn't all that great. See here, Joe Biden, I think, is a great debater. Mm-hmm. However, a debate is, you know, two people. Oh, no. Oh, uh-huh. poor Shannon. 
Uh, we hope Monster 2 feels better soon. Yeah. So, yeah, Shannon's at the ER with Monster 2, um, who is super dehydrated from the flu. Oh, I'm sorry. Super dehydrated from the flu. That's awful. Oh, yeah. But, no, I do look good to some good political debates, hopefully. All mm. right. Honey, can I have... Can I, the U.S. is giving away assets. Can I have one? Oh, can I what do you want? Ten lighthouses from generations that had stood silent along the American shorelines, protecting Marines uh, from Panama to guiding them to the safeties that are given away at no cost or sold at auction by federal government. Amid a amid of programs to run by the General Service Administration is to preserve the property, most of which are more than a century old. You want one. Oh, take it from there? Yes. All right. The development of modern technology, including GPS, means lighthouses are no longer essential for navigation, said John Kelly of the GSA's Office of Real Property Disposition. And while the Coast Guard often maintains uh, aids to the to navigation or uh, at or near lighthouses, the structures themselves are often no longer mission critical. Yet the public remains fascinated by the evocative beacons, which are popular tourist attractions, beloved local landmarks, and the subject of countless photographers and artists standing lonely but strong against the tides and storms day and night and flashing life-saving beams of light, uh, whatever the weather. Uh, People really appreciate the heroic role of the solitary lighthouse keeper, he said, explaining their allure. They were really the instruments to provide safe passage into some of these perilous harbors, which afforded communities great opportunities for commerce, and they're often located in prominent locations that be, that offer breathtaking views. Um, so the GSA has been transferring ownership of lighthouses since Congress passed the National Historic Lighthouse Preservation Act in 2000. About 150 lighthouses have been transferred, 80 or so given away, and another 70 auctioned, raising more than $10 million. This year, six lighthouses are being offered at no cost to federal, state, or local government agencies, nonprofits, educational organizations, or other entities that are willing to maintain and preserve them and make them publicly available for educational, recreational, or cultural purposes. They include the 34-foot tall Plymouth Gurnet light, uh, Lighthouse in Massachusetts. The octagonal wooden structure dates to 1842, although a lighthouse has been at the site since 1768. A previous beacon at the site was staffed by America's first female lighthouse keeper. Kelly's personal favorite is Warwick Neck Light in Warwick, Rhode Island. The 51-foot-tall lighthouse that dates to 1827 was an important navigation tool for mariners making their way to Providence. Warwick Neck is really at quite a prominent location up on a cliff overlooking uh, Narragansett Bay, he said. That's probably one that I would say has a real wow factor when you get out and look at it. The other lighthouses being offered at no cost are Lind Point Lighthouse in Old Saybrook, Connecticut, Nobska Lighthouse in Falmouth, Massachusetts, Little Mark Island and Monument in Harpswell, Maine, and Erie Harbor North Pier Lighthouse in Pennsylvania. 
Uh, some are already maintained by nonprofits, and those agencies will have the opportunity to apply to continue doing so, Kelly said. If a new owner is not found, the lighthouse is offered for competitive bidding at auction. The four lighthouses being sold at auction including, uh, include Cleveland Harbor West Pierhead Light, uh, Ohio, a 50-foot steel tower dating to 1911 that is only accessible by boat but has spectacular views of the city's skyline. The others are Penfield Reef Lighthouse in Fairfield, Connecticut, Stratford Shoal Light in the middle of Long Island Sound between New York and Connecticut, and uh, Keeninaw, Key, uh, Cuny, Cun ha! I'm having fun with this one. Uh, Kowinaw, mm -hmm. waterway, uh, lower here. entrance, light of the uh, yeah, in Chaswell, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, some past lighthouse sales have ended up with them converted into private residences. Yes, I would like um, the one in Cleveland that's available by boat only. Talk about privacy. No. Okay, fine. We'll go to the one. We'll get Warwick Max then. It's in your favorite state, right? The one in Providence. Joe. And he freezes. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um. So I was saying, you know, Providence sounds great. Um. Yeah. I don't know that I want to live in Manhattan. No, I want to go to Providence. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Although the, the Plymouth Gurnet light in Massachusetts, that could be a fun one. See, here's the thing with that, though. It's Massachusetts, which is great until December. When I'm sitting in my beautiful new round office with glass windows all around me and some fucking storm blows through. Oh. Ooh, Devin wants the one in Cleveland. Do what now? Devin wants the same one I want. The one in Cleveland that's available by boat only. <laughs> yeah, the one in Ohio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah. So that that would I mean, let's see. Well, that one is cute. It is very tiny though. Yeah. That's very tiny. It'd make a lovely office. I maybe. Oh, now there's a nice little uh, uh, lighthouse keeper cottage that looks like it goes with uh, the one in Rhode Island. Uh huh. Like it, it. I don't know if they're combined properties. Like if you get the house when you get the lighthouse. You do. Like, I, sometimes yes, but sometimes they've sold the 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 house separately. Mm -hmm. yeah. Capital One, Capital One, you're in trouble. Oh, what did Capital One do? Oh. Let's see. Oh, so is that? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. So New York City officials freeze accounts after banks fail to submit anti-discrimination plans. I'm sorry, what? Officials in New York City limited account deposits on Thursday at Capital One and KeyBank after the financial institutions failed to submit required anti-discrimination plans. The city issued mandates earlier this year for banks, which hold public funds, 
to detail specific steps to combat different forms of discrimination in their operations. An announcement from the office of New York uh, City Comptroller Brad Lander claimed that Capital One and KeyBank outright refused to comply with the requirement. Banks seeking to do business with New York City must demonstrate that they will be responsible managers of public funds and responsible actors in our communities, Lander said in a statement. Unfortunately, despite several opportunities to do so, five banks failed to comply with the New York City Banking Commission's designation process, leaving us to conclude that they are not taking meaningful actions to combat discrimination in their operations and are not responsible stewards of public dollars. Capital One held $7.2 million in city funds at the end of last month, while KeyBank held $10 million in city funds. Officials voted to freeze new deposits at the two companies for as many as two years, while Lander contended that International Finance Bank, PNC Bank, and Wells Fargo also neglected to comply with the anti-discrimination policies uh, through which the firms were asked to detail ways in which they avoid discrimination in branch openings and closings, lending decisions, hiring, and other operations. The latter firms do not currently hold steady funds. New York City officials uh, received criticism for compelling banks to comply with the environmental, social, and corporate governance movement, also known as ESG, which asserts that businesses should leverage their financial power to advance certain social objectives. Peter Schiff, a stockbroker and fin uh, financial commentator, said on social media that banks only discriminate based on competence and uh, creditworthiness since they are focused on maximizing profits. He said that New York City wants banks to hire and make loans to minority applicants, even if, even if they are less qualified and more likely to default. Democratic officials have indeed introduced policies which would introduce considerations for personal loans divorced from the debtor's financial responsibility. Federal Housing Finance Agency Director Sandra Thompson, an appointee of President Joe Biden, recently unveiled a policy that will require Americans to pay higher mortgage rates and monthly fees if they have robust credit scores while those with lower credit scores and smaller down payments will receive better rates. Buyers with credit scores above 680, for instance, would pay an additional $40 each month on a home loan of $400,000, while home buyers uh, who make down payments between 15 and 20% will receive the largest fees. Republican state financial officers wrote in a letter to Biden and Thompson that the move renders home purchases significantly more expensive for families with strong credit. For decades, Americans have been told that they will be rewarded for saving their money and building a good credit score, they contended. This policy turns that time-tested principle upside down. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen likewise uh, launched an advisory committee on racial equity at the end of last year to consider efforts to advance racial equity in the economy and address acute disparities for communities of color. Interesting. Yeah. So where are they taking their deposits to Capital One? How are you going to feel when they come out, come in there to withdraw the funds and close the accounts? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yep. I, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, those are pretty good chunks of change for, uh, yeah. 
I mean, granted, New York, that the, <laughs> I'm sure there's bigger accounts. But um, still, those are pretty good chunks of change. And those are pretty huge banks. Yes. Like, come on, Capital One. Really? You know, Chase has an anti-discrimination policy. Why don't you look at them? They're a lovely bank. Hey, there you go. Um, But I think all this points back to the fact that it is still legal to discriminate in lending. Mm -hmm. It is one of the weirdest exceptions of the Civil Rights Act that exists. Right. And it's one of those things you tell people that and their brain goes, wait, what? And it's like, no, seriously, you can't discriminate in housing, but you can fucking discriminate at a bank. <laughs> like, you seriously can. Right. You can literally look at someone and for whatever reason you would like to, like, that, that would normally be protected at any other business, you can look at a customer at a bank and be like, no, I'm not giving you a loan because of that. And it's perfectly legal. It just... It's a brain explosion. But yeah, banks have their own special carved out... uh, uh, They were specifically carved out of the Civil Rights Act. Mm -hmm. Like, there are no protections in banking. Like, your bank can sit there and legitimately do things to you as a customer because of your race. Yeah. And that's perfectly legal. Or you can decide that you're like, literally you can walk in as a person of color to a bank and they can in a moment decide that your cash deposits are drug money and close your account. Right. Based on nothing. We have a lot of trouble out of banks. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and some of that's mostly because of the 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 frequency you get deposits and the number of sources you're getting deposits from. Mm -hmm. Do you tend to have banks going, "What in the hell are you doing?" Uh Um, because we mostly build our banking system Uh around the idea of W two jobs and Uh talk about a world that changed while part of the world did not, mm-hmm. banking still doesn't fucking get it. They right. do not get gig economy. They do not get the concept of, you know, working for multiple employers yeah. and, and making like, you know, large random deposits. Right. As in multiple times a week for varying amounts. Mm-hmm. That it is perfectly legit for you to have one deposit for like 50 bucks mm-hmm. and the next day have a deposit for like 1500 mm-hmm. and they just sit here and go what the f- are you doing yeah like what, what are you doing yeah very much so so the census is in oh the census is in yes the 2020 census can and can't tell us about LGBTQ plus people. I know. Yeah. Ah, there it is. Okay, sorry, got it now. So 2020 yeah. census data. 
Uh, so uh, share of coupled households with same-sex couples in each state, D.C. and Puerto Rico. Um, oh, God, this is one of those hexagon maps. Yes. Ew. Ew, can we stop doing that? I looked at it and I was like, what the hell is this shit? Yeah, it's it's a map that they basically do when it's like we don't want to actually do a map. Yeah. Um, what we want to do is demonstrate all or show all the data, mm-hmm. but we don't want to recolor the actual state outlines. Right. Um, because that's hard. Right. Um, and it is legitimately, it's hard. But it does things to the 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 way states line up in the country that is like ow my brain. Um, so it does this honeycomb that sort of looks like the U.S. Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, but it moves states all around because all of the states, uh, the little hexagons, are all the same size. Mm-hmm. So West Virginia pops up somewhere around like I don't know Iowa. Yeah, like that would be its overlay. Well, no, it's West Virginia, Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, what's interesting is we have spent one, two, two sessions in West Virginia mm-hmm. dealing with LGBT issues. You want to know what percentage of the population, according to the census, you're dealing with? West Virginia. All right. Well, yeah, because the national average range is well. Okay, so the range is zero to eight percent, and the national average is one point seven. Right, and we are at point three percent. Ew. Yeah. Ew. I wonder how many people, like, because I'm sorry, our last census, do you really think anyone was honest? No, I don't think so. I mean, because I remember having legit fear Mm -hmm. that, like, you know, and I've never had that with a census. Like, you know, they they used to, like, talk in history classes about people being afraid of the census takers. Right. And like what talking to them would do for for them personally in their communities, um, I like I never had that until the twenty twenty census, mm-hmm. and like no seriously, it, it was a little scary. Yeah. So with a population of one million seven hundred seventy six six as of July of twenty two, I'm quite sure it's one down since then, but we'll take. I mean, not that West Virginia is the greatest state to, you know, like, I could totally understand why someone would want to move away. I mean, we're we're just not the greatest for, you know, same-sex relationships. Oh no, what'd you find? 
Well, I need you to do the math for me because it's not working out. Okay, one second. Let me get a calculator up. All right. All right. So one seven seven five one five six. Oh, sorry. Can I just talk about real quick how much I hate Windows? Uh, damn it. Windows 11's icons for calendar and calculator. Mm-hmm. Because I keep hitting calendar. Yeah. All right. Number again. One, seven, seven, five, one, five, six. So one million seven hundred and seventy five thousand uh one hundred and fifty six. Okay. Yeah. And I need to know what three percent of that is. Three percent or point three percent? Um let me go back and double check. Point three percent. All right, that is five thousand three hundred and twenty-five point four six eight. Okay, so I can get through this. Well, if we then look at so anyway, our Cong our the United is the West Virginia Senate and House of Representatives has been held up over five for over five thousand members or five thousand constituents. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if we go and play and, you know, divide that out, let's go. All right, and divide that by half. Okay. Okay. Where's that? 2,662.734. Okay. Not a lot of people. Really, it's not a lot of people. No. No. Like, come on, people. Like, let's get to the things that matter, like the roads. Oh, you mean that's 2,662 couples? Uh-huh. Yep. Um, I thought you were dividing uh, for uh, how many are same-sex gay and how many are same-sex lesbian. Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because roughly the percentage is 50-50 on men and women. It skews yeah. like 49-51, 52-48. Like, it'll sit there and bounce a little, but... right. Generally speaking, right. our birth rate stays about 50-50. Right. You know. It makes me like, okay. Why are we doing this again? Oh, yeah. For the children. The children that are less than 2% of the population, it's going to affect. Yeah. Well, and, and the effect is not the giant boogeyman they're making it out to be. Right. Like, I'm totally with Wanda Sykes, you know, um, 
oh what was that one it's a great uh great quote great quote um it's been here recently i believe um she's not worried about drag queens until a drag queen goes in and beats the hell out of some eight-year-olds with a copy of to kill a mockingbird yes yeah then you can worry <laughs> like yeah that one that one yeah that's one of my like, good, it's one of her good quotes oh yeah well she has tons well she does especially you know since she married a french lady um and adopted two little girls that don't match her color and apparently don't understand her speech but really likes her cooking because apparently the french um wife cannot cook ah. like she gives a new um, meaning to you put your foot in it yeah so her exact quote is until a drag queen walks into a school and beats eight kids to death with a copy of to kill a mockingbird i think you're focusing on the wrong shit. yeah <laughs> love it i saw that earlier this week i like yeah that's made my whole week yeah like that like thank you wanda sykes we appreciate that yes and thank you for being focused wanda on what's important all right guys let's take a break and when we come back we're going to be talking about the brian laundry case all right and a letter that was supposed to be burnt after being read Ooh. Ooh. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here, and as a um, certified spiritual life coach and shadow practitioner, I have thrown together everything that I have learned to develop a program that works for healing our um, shadow self and focusing on how we're going to heal ourselves for the future. I work with t different types of energy work, such as EFT, TFT, and EFT um, energy, uh, Reiki, access bars, and power forms. I've put them all together to create my own system it, that works. Um, we also work with the tarot and the oracle, so I'm not just an energy worker and a healer, I'm a psychic as well. So you can go to Lady Gwendolyn Healing, find out all about me, and book with me on there. I love you guys, and I will see you out there. Welcome back, goblins! My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Mason Knight. I've been working as a psychic for more than 20 years. I was born with psychic gifts at the age of three. Um, and with that, I'm able to help you with your love. Relationships get very complicated. I help you understand what's going on. 
where it's headed, where your next love is, what the lesson is, and how to improve that. I also work in career and dealing with career fields and different job opportunities and things you would like to experience in your life. I use the tarot. My favorite deck is the Yoda tarot. That's what I normally grab. But I also read angel cards. I also read um, Ascended Master cards. And I use astrology and numerology in your readings. All that tied in together with my clairvoyant skills, I'm able to get in there and answer your important questions quickly, clearly, and fast. I look forward to talking to you. You have a great day. All right. Welcome back. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's go into this case. For those that remember, this is the case of the banning um youtubers the boyfriend killed the girlfriend left her in a safe park and ran back to his parents now um the gabby procedure's parents is suing brian laundry's parents for you know failure to provide information um failure to you know comply failure to at least tell them where their body their daughter's body was i mean the way this family handled this was atrocious mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there. Well, there were. Uh, see, I, I struggle to say that the way they handled it was atrocious. So much as like they were like not wanting anything to do with the investigation. Right. Which one would think they would. Um, that that you know, if nothing else, just to like try to put some distance there between whether or not he was guilty. Mm -hmm. Um. But, you know, or to help her be found if if he truly did believe. Like, all of that should have, you know, yeah. prompted him to want to help. Right. Um, but, no, they, they, they were like, mm, no, we hope she gets found. Sorry. Have a nice day. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then making, you know, statements that. We're not benefiting to the family. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a letter. And the letter's quite interesting. Yes. So the mother of Brian Landry, the man who killed his fiance, Gabby Petito, and later himself in 2021, wrote to her son saying she would help him, quote, dispose of a body or bake a cake with a file in it to help him in jail, according to a copy of the undated letter obtained by CNN. I just want you to remember I will always love you and I uh, know you will always love me. You are my boy. Nothing can make me stop loving you. Nothing will or could ever divide us. No matter what we do or where we go or what we say, we will always love each other, Roberta Laundry wrote in the letter. If you're in jail, I will bake a cake with a file in it. If you need to dispose of a body, I will uh, show up with a shovel and garbage bags. It says, with an apparent cross out over the word bring, if you fly to the moon, I will be watching the skies for your reentry. If you say you hate my guts, I'll get new guts. Um, but yeah, so here is the text, the undated letter from Roberta Laundrie to her son obtained by CNN. Roberta Laundrie has said the letter was written before her son's trip with Petito, and one of her attorneys released a statement saying it was in no way related to Gabby, although Petito's family has challenged those assertions. 
The envelope containing the letter said burn after reading and it was recovered from Brian Laundrie's backpack when his remains were found in October 2021. The undated letter to Brian Laundrie is marked burn after reading. Um, the letter also quotes from Romans in the Bible, nothing can separate us, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not threats, not even sin, not the unthinkable or unthinkable can get between us, it reads. The full language of the letter was revealed nearly two years after the young couple set off on a cross-country trip closely documented on social media that ended in tragedy. Brian Landry came home from the trip without Petito and disappeared several weeks later. Petito's remains were found at Wyoming's Bridger Teton National Forest in September 2021, and her death was ruled a homicide by manual strangulation. Before taking his own life, Brian Laundrie wrote in a notebook he was responsible for her death, according to the FBI. So the letter was the subject of a hearing Wednesday in which Petito's parents argued it had relevance to their lawsuit brought against Brian's parents and former attorney for emotional distress. The Petito family argues that Laundrie's parents and their attorney knew that Petito had been murdered and knew the location of her body when they issued a statement on September 14, 2021, about the search for Petito. That statement at the crux of the case said, in part, it is our hope that the search for Miss Petito is successful and that Miss Petito is reunited with her family. The judge has not yet ruled on the admissibility of Roberta Laundrie's letter. After a lengthy back and forth in court, both parties agreed that a confidentiality order was not necessary to keep the letter under seal once 12th Judicial Circuit Court Judge Danielle Brewer determined the letter could be relevant to the case and the plaintiff lawyer should at least get a copy. In court, Petito family attorney Patrick Riley argued the letter was important in their lawsuit against the Laundry family. As we all know, the letter references burying a body, bringing a shovel and burying a body, he said. Those are criminal acts, by the way, that Roberta Laundrie has said she would commit. The Laundries have argued in court filings they had no duty to the Petito family. In a statement from Roberta Laundrie's attorney, Stephen uh, Bertolino, uh, she said the letter was written prior to the fatal trip and she encouraged people to read it in its entirety. I truly love my son and simply wanted to convey to him how much he meant to me and how much I loved him, she said. I'm sure people use phrases all the time to express their loved ones the depths of their love. Although I chose words that I thought would be impactful with Brian given our relationship, the letter was in no way related to Gabby, she said. I ask that you read it in its entirety and understand that the letter contains other phrases besides those highlighted by Pat Riley for sensationalism and to bolster his case, she added. She said uh, she has said similarly in court documents, saying the letter was meant to reach out to Brian while he and I were experiencing a difficult period in our relationship. However, the Petito family said Laundrie's statement is self-serving. The letter is undated, and while Roberta Laundrie suggested it was written before Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petito left on the trip, a reasonable inference is that it was written after Gabby Petito was murdered and is evidence that the Laundries and attorney Bertolino were aware of Gabby Petito's demise when the statement at issue was released on September 14, 2021, the Petito family responded. We look forward to having a jury determine when the letter was written at the time of trial. What? Yeah. Okay, now I'm interested to find out how are you going to figure out when the letter was written? Good question. Like what? What are you going to 
and carbon date the ink? Carbon dating is only good for 14 years. That's your narrowest window. 14 years on carbon dating. All right. Well, like what? Okay, I know you know what goes on in this house most of the time. <clears throat> I don't know your friends is on every damn thing. Mm-hmm. Right down to your phone because I pick it up and hand it to you. Your iPad, I pick it up and hand it to you. I want to know if Gabby's fingerprints are on that letter. Mm, good question. If they aren't, then turn. Then it was written afterward because no, not nec- but not necessarily. Uh huh. I mean, there may have been no reason for her to have touched it. I mean, because that presu- what you're saying presumes that he either showed it to her, mm-hmm. or that it was typically kept somewhere that she would have gone through regularly. All right. I mean, it's very possible that it was in the back of a book or stuck in a notebook or wherever. Well, see, that's something else they haven't turned over is his notebook. Uh-huh. They need to turn over his notebook. I think there's more than just confession in there. Well, there was supposedly a lot of damage to the notebook. Mm-hmm. Which I I can understand. It was, you know, spent weeks out in the Everglades. Right. Hoping that an alligator would eat him and the notebook. Which, unfortunately, yeah. you know, alligators don't eat dead things. Eh, typically, no. Or rotten things, and he was both. Well, don't necessarily start that way. No, he was wrong. His parents were were trying to get him out of the country, could not get him across the border. I mean, let's Uh, we will state the facts that we as we know them. (laughs) Could get him across the border and could not. But he was left with no other choice other than to go and um, finish himself after a family camping trip. I don't know. I do. Okay. All right. So let's take a break. Take a stretch break. Because we're going to have two Are You the Assholes with two separate calls. And then some relationship advice in the middle. All righty. All righty. Hi. This is Sandy Star. I'm a psychic and I work on Keen and I have been working on Keen for over 22 years. You can reach me on 01068. I deal with a myriad of subjects, but I do specialize in relationships, marriages, divorces, is he cheating, is she cheating? Whatever the dynamic of the relationship is, I will guide you through. I've got amazing radar for cheaters. so. I will tell you the truth if he or she is cheating. I can help with any subject you need me to help you with besides relationships. And I look forward to hearing from you. Again, you can reach me through Keen. My extension number is 01068. I really look forward to hearing from you and helping you with whatever you need me to help you with. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I'm a psychic medium and I work with tarot cards. I also practice Reiki and access bars. I would like to share with you what a reading with me is like. It is a blended reading of psychic and mediumship. 
and I deliver these messages exactly as they come through. I'm not going to mince words or add any padding. I am a professional, reliable, and honest communicator. I have readings available anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. You can book a reading with me at tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. And no, I'll always tell you exactly what you need to hear. Hey everybody, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com, visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils, balms, mystery boxes, and more. And visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one session with me, or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at the Pendulum's Path, and let's get you back on the right track today. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here from Rowan Temple of Light, and I'm here to tell you about our events this summer. First up is Beltane in the Hills, May 13th, and that is from 1 to 6. We have entertainment, we have a bunch of vendors, we have a fairy photo shoot, it's going to be exciting. You have any questions, uh, reach out to Earth Magic or to myself. Um, after that, we have uh, Central West Virginia Pagan Pride, August 19th. That's at Holly Gray Park from 11 to 5 for the day. And we will have Sarah Masters coming down from Pittsburgh to be our keynote speaker. We have some great classes for that. So, if you want to get involved, reach out to Rowan Temple of Light at Gmail or just follow us along on Facebook at Rowan Temple of Light. And we look forward to seeing you out in the community. See you there. Alrighty. So we're going to wait for Asen to get back. Oh, dear. Hopefully he'll be back in in just a second. But we have two. He will be. The three-year-old had to go out. Oh, no. Oh, yes. All right. And so... before I get hate mail, our three-year-old is an Australian Shepherd, not a mini monster, although he is a monster. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So am I the asshole for telling my boyfriend that his dreams of becoming a successful streamer, content creator, isn't going to work out the way he thinks? I'm posting this on a throwaway account because I don't want this drama stuff on my main body mods uh, centered account. If it's not allowed, I understand. I'm a tattoo artist and piercer. I co-own and run a tattoo piercing business with a friend, and I have many employees under me. We are open six days a week from 1 p.m. to midnight. Four days are a regular appointment schedule, while the final two days of the work week are walk-in days for people who do want something faster than usual, without having to set up a time. On top of setting up and closing the shop every day, I drive 45 minutes to work and then 45 minutes home each day. 
I get home past 3 a.m. almost every night, eat, and then sleep a few hours. We are busy constantly throughout the week. I only have one day off, and I usually end up uh, end up spending it cleaning the house, cooking, or doing anything else needed done. My boyfriend, on the other hand, is trying to become a successful Twitch streamer and YouTuber. He started around four years ago. He has a few dozen followers on both platforms and usually has around two to five viewers for each stream or video. It's gotten pretty bad in the past two and a half years or so, though. He streams while I'm at work, and that'll usually be a, a 11 to 13 hour stream a day, depending upon what he does. His life revolves around content creation now. He wakes up to stream, then spends all day streaming a game, and then uploads it to YouTube. The other problem with it is that in the four years he's been trying to do this, he hasn't worked a single job. He's unemployed. No single donation or any monetary expenses come from his endeavor. He literally does nothing but stream. He quit his floor manager job at Walmart to become this. I've talked to him recently about maybe cutting down the hours on his streams so that he has time to do stuff around the house, spend time with me, or better his health. He doesn't even eat unless I remind him when I get home late. It's literally hurting him. I also explain that maybe he should think about getting a new job so I'm not the only one paying the bills or groceries. I'd like help of any kind. I can't do all this alone anymore. Each one of these talks has turned into a fight between us. He will get super defensive about it and tell me off. He tries to convince me that I don't understand his lifestyle and that I don't know how hard it is to be a content creator. It's gotten more and more heated. He'll have a tantrum and go back to streaming to his community that supports him. The other day, I straight up told him his dreams of being a successful streamer or content creator of any kind were never going to work out the way he thinks they are. He doesn't seem to understand that the hours he's putting in are doing more harm than good for us and him. He had another tantrum and promptly told me he wanted a break from the relationship. We aren't talking and now he's doing nothing but the same usual routine. Am I the asshole? Mm. Nah, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I started on that one and, and I thought it was going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I, I'm just at, I think you have some relationship problems right? that you need to work through and come to a better balance on. Right. I, I really don't think that OP understands Mm-hmm. That yeah, what he's doing can take four or five years to gather steam, or more, or more. Um, and it sounds like this isn't particularly a financial problem. It's just she or they don't particularly appreciate. Well, I think that they only do not appreciate, but at the same time, I think they are getting what I call head of household stress. Like bills yeah. are going up, laundry's piling up, everything's out of, out of the you know in the way. She's coming home, and he's sitting in the same tattered old boxers he's worn for three weeks now. Mm-hmm. And you know, and he's not little, eating. And he, you know, not eating, not taking care of himself, and she's getting a little tired of his shit. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of a relationship problem. I don't think it's inherently the streaming. No. I, I think he his streaming has problems, and that's worth a, a very serious conversation. Right. About how to make this work better. Right. Um, but it, it, I really keep getting this feeling like she's done with a relationship outside of this, and this is just the code hook. Well, you what relationship? If he, relationship. Okay, we both work online. We know how much energy it takes. We know how much you know time it takes. We all know Asen is on the computer most of the day, or had been. Mm-hmm. Put all that together, looking at his streaming schedule alone, when's he being a boyfriend? When's he being a mate? When he's being a partner? When's he washing a dish? Right. He can't be. Well, he isn't, and she makes that, or they make that quite clear. Right. And I think that's the bigger problem. I don't think it's really about the streaming. I don't think it's, I, I mean, some of it's about the streaming, but I don't really think it's about the streaming. Right. Again, I'm going, this sounds more like the code hook you hang the relationship up on right. and go, I'm done. Well, that or the code hook that you use to go, well, you know, you know, he can't come today because he's got a stream today. Well, he can't do this because he's got to do that. You know, making excuses for your own self on right. why, you know, one of your employees is not your husband. Yeah. Well, then that's a very good one. Um, but additionally, I, I think this also has more to do with you're, you're really blaming the streaming, not him. Right. And moreover, it doesn't sound like you ever had respect for the choice to begin with. Right. You know what I mean? Like, as in all the way through this, it sounds right. like you have not wanted him to do this. You didn't want him to be any part of this. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's like you're not going to help him be successful right. if that's your starting attitude. No. Now, there's a possibility they were supportive in the beginning, and this is just, okay, I'm four years down the road on this. Right. You know, it's not taken off. It's not gotten better. It's not. But I'm also sitting here going, you're sitting here running a successful business. Right. So you at least know how to run a successful business. Right. I. What are you... I, and I know you're busy running that business is taking a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. But why in the hell wouldn't you take your abilities to run a successful business and help your boyfriend become a successful streamer? Right. And then in turn, that becomes a money-making endeavor for him. Right. In turn, you get more of what you want out of this. Right. It sounds like you've disrespected this from the very beginning. You wanted nothing to do with it. You've done nothing but trash him over doing it. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't helped is what it sounds like at any point. Right. And then you're surprised that four and a half years later, mm-hmm. you're, I, I mean, your boyfriend sounds depressed. Right. Wow, I can't imagine if, you know, I'm dealing with a partner who's who's going to tell me 
that you know um the that my dream of being a successful anything is not ever going to work out yeah i i i don't know how i'm supposed to to well you know this brings up a point in our relationship okay and it and it's a point that yeah when i'm mad i throw at you yeah yeah, but it is words that she needs to, you know, get some mustard for because she's going to need it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you said, you know, well, you know, your reading thing can become your Avon money. You meant nothing by this. No, I didn't. I really didn't. And the, cause yeah, the way I had, you know, he meant nothing by this, guys. Yeah, because let me explain what I truthfully meant is that what I was looking at doing. Mm-hmm was going into cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And so my annual income mm-hmm. doing that would have been so high that not untruthfully would his income have looked like Avon money in comparison. Right. Like if you rebalance like a household, the level of income I would have had from that job would have been so high it wouldn't have mattered if he worked or not. Right. Um, which I was going to work anyhow. Like, that was the, uh, duh, George. I know, but that was the whole point I was trying to make. I know. But you got yourself and, in trouble, uh, you know, and that was okay. We worked through that, and I'm like, no. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, in the other side of this coin <laughs> box... You know, when you looked at, you know, we were talking about work, and I'm like, start your own company. Mm-hmm. You know, work for yourself. And you were very like, well, I don't know, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, do it. I pay the bills. We're good. We'll make it. Go and fucking follow your dream. This is what this bitch should have done. Yeah. Well, one, start there. Like, okay, if this is seriously what you want to do, and sometimes you just have to say the words, what can I do to help? Mm -hmm. Um, Have some willingness to do things to help. Yes, I know you're busy. You're running your own business. It takes a lot out of you. I understand that. Right. but Everyone understands that. Well, here's the thing. She's a tattoo artist. What games are you tattooing on people? Why is he not getting this additional intel? Go today on a Super Mario's tattoo. Oh, wow. What do you think would happen if you took your tattoo shop and put a giant gamer's lounge in the back? Exactly. Um, You're going to get more customers for tattooing. He's going to get more people interested in his streaming. Right. Like, there's a lot of ways you could have approached this and it sounds like you just don't have a thing for gaming right and you don't understand it and you think it's stupid and and you have no appreciation for it at all at all like i'm not the biggest gamer in the world but i can appreciate it i can appreciate gamers um now i have limits with that don't do not get me wrong i have limits there are like the invisible assistant and i have conversations where my head explodes at like the sheer amount of money that the game developers expect you to spend in game mm-hmm. for some of these games right. and it's like that's not sustainable right 
your average consumer cannot drop right that kind of coin right on a game like what were you thinking right so like you know the poll is up we will cut this poll off at at the end of the relationship advice one and then we'll start the new poll for the poly am i an asshole all right all right, so moving right along to the relationship polyamory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like my polycule is slowly crumbling and I don't know what to do. I'm a hinge in a V relationship that used to be a triad between me, my boyfriend, and non-binary partner. We have been together for six years slowly. Did you write this? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like... Like, which one of us is non-binary? <laughs> well, we've been together for like six years. Yes, but no, this isn't my profile, Did... thank you. I know, I had to stop and read. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm good now. So anyway, uh, so uh, uh, slowly going from the triad, we started to a V relationship over the course of the last three years. Okay, so that's not you. The change started when non-binary partners discovered they were asexual and would prefer to no longer have any sexual intimacy of any kind. Boyfriend stated that he could not have a romantic relationship without sex, so the two of them slowly drifted apart, only deciding they were broken up but still friends a little more than a year ago. However, family and friends still think they're together. I'm not exactly sure why they chose not to tell anyone and haven't gotten a clear answer from either of them. What troubles me is that we all live together. It's been like this since about six months into our relationship, and the two of them are getting less and less along. They don't have huge fights or anything, but it can feel tense between the two of them sometimes. Um, They both have become less tolerant of each other's mistakes, so things they used to brush off now become disagreements. I can just feel the crumbling of the relationship. We currently have plans to move across the country and have kids for us all to raise together within five years, but it's looking like the two of them probably won't be happy in that future. I've had private conversations with each of them if they're sure they'll be happy living with one another forever. Both answer that they'll be happy as long as the other pays the bills and I'm happy. Not exactly the type of answer one would hope for when you want both your partners to be happy. Should I do or say anything and just let things play out on their own? I feel like I'm going to eventually have to choose between the two, which leaves me feeling anxious. You need an escape plan. You need to have enough money to set your life up without them. Mm-hmm. You know and then move on from that children i don't think so yeah please don't add children to this situation Uh, if you can avoid it at all um because yeah you're you're basically saying that the the household is slowly drifting hostile right with the two of them it doesn't sound like independently you have issues like the 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 two sides of your relationship it doesn't sound like you have problems with either of them but it sounds like they have problems with each other and it's growing more and more hostile right 
Like it, it right now it's a criticism and fault finding. Right. Is what it sounds like. Um, it hasn't broken out into World War Three, but that's kind of the trajectory. Right. Um, I would also be really careful about making long-term financial agreements with them. Right. Um, as well, because, yeah, it, it sounds like one or the other or both are going to end up calling it quits. Right. Um, because, and understandably, um, and, and that can be the unfortunate side in poly is that like the stress of a meta that you can't stand anymore mm-hmm. or that you can't stand um, can really destroy all the relationships. Right. I mean, it, it seriously can. There, There's a point there that it's just like, I don't want to be part of this. And at this point, I can't even be happy with this. Right. You know what I mean? Like I like the meta problem is now a, a relationship problem. Like it starts over here and it ends up over here. And it's like, you know, you start to develop feelings about the situation with person A that project onto person B. Right. Like, and, and that's inevitable. I, I think we've all seen that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever been in that situation where, like, you have a sibling? Or better yet, here's a nice work situation. Where you have that coworker mm-hmm. that, like, is kind of effed up. Mm-hmm. And your boss just seems to favor them over and over and over again. They get by with shit. And on one hand, like you, you just obviously have issues with a coworker, but you start to develop issues towards your boss as well. Like, why the fuck are you putting up with this shit? Why, why, why is this a problem? Why is this allowed to keep going? Um, I think some of that can apply to polycules as well. Right. Is that? your problem B person becomes your a problem with person A. Right. As well. So, yeah. Alrighty. But yeah, I definitely second you on having a good backup plan. Yeah. Start getting your deposit down for your apartment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plan for your move across the country and make sure you keep that within your budget right. individually. Exactly. Otherwise, you're going to be looking for somewhere else to live. And get the hell out. Yeah. And a cross-country move might be a good time to do it. Yeah. Just go ahead and call it quits and see where it goes in six months. Right. You know what I mean? Looking through your comments, you have a non-binary partner that needs to make some choices. Those choices they've already made. Um, but they're not making the supportive choices, i.e. enough money to pay for their own assets. And you have the other partner that owns the home mm-hmm. that you're currently living in. So if he gets pissed, he or she gets pissed off, he kicks you both out, you're screwed. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so make sure your finances are under your control. Mm-hmm. And 
And when we say control, we mean, you know, make sure you're planning yes. ahead. Ahead. Way ahead. So that you know, even if you do live together, you should have enough money in an account to live in your name only, nobody else's. Not your sisters, not your brothers, not your mother. Your own damn account to go rent you an apartment and go, I'm done. Yep. yep. That would be your best choice. Mm-hmm. All right. So... In the original asshole case, no, you are not the asshole. Oh, not the asshole. Not the asshole for telling someone that their streaming career is not functional. Yeah. There we go. All right, so I'm putting up the new poll. You read the new article. All right, the am I the asshole that isn't an am I the asshole for asking my husband's girlfriend to use birth control and then still use condoms we're poly ish and my husband recently started a relationship with another woman one of the rules is no one gets his babies but me no one has a problem with this rule she hasn't been on birth control for a couple of years so they've been using condoms i asked him to keep using them once the birth control is done kicking in he thinks i'm being unreasonable Mm, take it away. Well, here's the thing. One, we need to know how sore shot your husband is. Because I'm sorry, I've seen many men turn up with a pregnant baby. But she was on birth control, but she had the thing in, and she has an implant. I'd stick to condoms. But I don't understand this rule. I have a problem with this rule. There you go. Like, I was sitting here like, you know what? Like, I ain't even at the level where we need to be talking condoms and birth control. We need to back up a whole step. Mm -hmm. To before you would even think about getting to this conversation, there's a whole other conversation that needs to be set or needs to occur. And that's one about boundaries. Right. Versus rules. Right. Like, so here's my problem. You're poly-ish, which means you're poly, but you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Exactly. At least in this case. Um, so you, you've not read any books. You're not paying attention to anything anyone who has already been there, done that. Right. Would have written and told you about how to be poly. Right. And what works and what doesn't. And what you're doing, I'll tell you right now, will not work. Will not work. This is, unfortunately, um, what sounds like a simple rule. Right. um, That you are making for two other people that are not yourself. Exactly. You are not included in this rule. Right. You think you're included in the rule because it's what you want. But the action has to occur by two people who are not you. Right. Invariably, that's going to be a problem. Right. Like, you're you're a spouse, not a Fortune 500 CEO. Right. You don't get to make rules for your underlings, because they're not your underlings. Exactly. Um, so, back up to boundaries. Mm-hmm. 
and which is where you needed to be and go look i'm fine with y'all's relationship y'all do what you want to do i prefer that if there are children they are mine with right. my husband right and not children between my husband and his girlfriend right if you get pregnant with my husband's children and they are born right i'm out right that's a boundary that's right. a legitimate boundary right. i it's an unfortunate boundary and it may you know and should inspire some behaviors and choices right. that, that would prevent pregnancy or that would avoid pregnancy um but literally trying to tell someone you have to not only use birth control right but you also have to use condoms as crazy as this sounds now you're getting into aspects of sexual pleasure that are individualistic right and are often associated with uh, like high levels of intimacy such as you know non-condom usage and fluid exchange right um you are begging for that to just end in a breakup right oh and it's an opp relationship oh seriously mm -hmm. okay so if you read anything about poly, uh, poly at all it sounds like what you read was um oh the hierarchical one more than two yes yes yeah um let's just go on record one more time for stating more than two has some interesting material in it and it is not unworth reading however you will find a large segment of the poly community does not love that book and there's a very good reason right um a lot of the things that it talks about are great conceptually right and in theory mm -hmm. functionally they're garbage right it doesn't work hierarchical relationships do not work right um rules versus boundaries rules do not work boundaries work right um setting in uh, like uh, setting a limit of yourself and a recourse that'll occur is should that boundary be broken that works telling someone what they're going to do with another person doesn't work mm -hmm. in fact it's the fastest way to get exactly what you don't want exactly because here's the other side of this is assuming the other person you're dealing with right. is an intelligent capable adult that may or may not want to uh want monogamy in this situation because that happens mm -hmm. especially when you're poly-ish um because Typically, polyish people find polyish people, and none of you understand what the hell you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so, if your husband's girlfriend is a thinking human being at all, what she just heard or will hear 
is the fastest way to get him to myself and get your bitch ass out of my life is to poke a hole in a condom, don't take my birth control, and get knocked up. Right. Bada bing, bada boom, bitch is gone. Right. That's what she just heard. Exactly. Furthermore, what is she got to control into any relationship other than her own? Yeah. Well, and that's the big part of rules versus boundaries is rules put control of you over someone else's relationship. Boundaries just control your relationship. Exactly. Now, there may be implications for someone else. Right. But those are choices that people can still make. There's just consequences for the action. Right. That are preset right and if that's what you want to do right then you go do that mm-hmm. like i'm not controlling your behavior i'm just telling you what i'm going to do if that occurs exactly you know you know let's give a double example here okay yeah one of the examples i have is you know i'll give the example of a boundary my boundary is you play at home, you clean up the mess. I am not your maid. Okay. The consequence to that is if you don't clean up and I have to clean up your ass, you ain't having guest over for a week. That's a consequence. That's more a rule. Okay. A little bit. I mean, because technically you're still going to control someone's behavior by not allowing another adult who lives in a house mm-hmm. to to not have guests over. Like, so what, they're grounded? No, they can go out. They can go to the uh, other partner's house. They can do whatever. Okay. Okay. You know, I mean, that's... Guest over. Okay. Okay, so more so would that be no guest for anyone? Like, if one right. of you screws it up, no right. guest for anyone. Exactly. Until we can, you know, we'll we'll put a moratorium on guests for a week. Right. Then we'll try again. Mm-hmm. So see if you can get it right this time. Right. Otherwise, we just eventually get to the point we don't do, you know, air quotes, in calls anymore. Right. You go out. Right. You know, okay, see, that's a boundary, and that's a reasonable right. one. Um, so what's your second one? No, that, you know, whereas the rule is no guest over. Yeah. You know, you can't have guest over. I can do whatever I want, but you can't have guest over. Yeah, you individually cannot have guests over. You're not allowed to have guests over. Mm-hmm. Okay, at that point, um, you just, you know, treated me like a child. Mm-hmm. Um, you told a functional adult living in your home, mm-hmm. assuming it's even your home, right? But you told an adult, as in, like on paper, it is yours, right? Um, you know, so you basically said to your to your spouse or partner, um, something that you couldn't tell a roommate, right? Because it would be inappropriate, right? Um, so yeah, no, 
like see and sometimes that's the thought is you do have to like back up like would i say that to a roommate right would it be reasonable right for me to say that to a roommate right and it's not right like and i've been in that situation i have to say i like i had a roommate in college Mm -hmm. this was a four-man suite it was like um basically a bedroom like a four-bedroom situation Mm -hmm. um so we each had an individual bedroom um his girlfriend all but moved in Mm -hmm. um and there was a moment where we did have to have a conversation with him Mm -hmm. which talk about dudes being petty but dudes be petty um the three roommates myself included it's not that we minded his girlfriend being there mm-hmm. we're fine with that a little annoyed at the volume and the aggravation of them having sex constantly a little bit but you know what you're an adult you can do what you want to do just could you try to keep it down but the part that got us was the point in which all of her stuff we we have this two sink vanity mm-hmm. already meant to be shared by four dudes right it's not a lot of counter space mm-hmm. all of her stuff took it over right that's the point where we had a meeting with him and went look your girlfriend can stay but her stuff has to find a home right like this is i can't set down a toothbrush right like there is no version of me uh, of and you know for any of us living in a four man suite you know four you know four male students should have an entire countertop taken up by curling irons tampons hair care makeup all of it nowhere was this room planned for this right this is not something we're even equipped to deal with because this wasn't on our radar right this isn't a problem we should have right so obviously it's her right you know it's it's not my curling iron because well at that time you had beautiful hair you know i still didn't have enough to curl oh my goodness that's only because you didn't allow it the most I could have gotten was like this much of a curl. Like that's how far it would have gone around a roller um, or a curling iron. Would have just been like one little hook. Okay, she was using a wired barrel. They actually make it a smaller barrel and you could have actually got the pin curl. But anyhow. Okay, fine, whatever. I like, yeah, I don't know. She was in, There's horrible comments I can make. Long story short. Right. He was very receptive. She was actually even okay with it. She was more embarrassed at the end of it than anything uh, else. Right. Because she really hadn't thought right. about what she'd done. Right. And it, like, we just had one simple conversation. No one yelled, no one screamed. And we're like, she is welcome to stay here all she wants. Mm-hmm. Herself, however. It's <laughs> time home, not in our space needs to find a home like you can put it in your room she can do a carry out tote like we'll be forgiving of like you know occasionally this that and the other but she cannot have the countertop right 
She just, she can't, we have to be able to put our stuff there. Right. Well, you know, and this is a boundary that we have. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple one. You don't get kissed if I put on my lipstick. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of simple because, like, yeah, I and that's kind of my boundary, not yours. Well, it's our um, boundary. I'm allergic. Our boundary. Well, but it, it is more so a boundary I've had to set with me. Right. Right. It's like you can wear all the makeup you want to. You have fun with that. You enjoy that. You you feel better with that. Like whatever it is, I don't care. Wear all the makeup you want. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I can't kiss you while you're wearing lipstick. I really don't want to like sleep with you while you're wearing like full face. Mm-hmm. I can't get close and huggy with you while you've got full face. Most of your makeup has aloe in it. Right. Or can have aloe in it. Right. I don't want to find out the hard way because right. I'm allergic. Exactly. So you can do it. You can yeah. you can have all the fun you want with this, but there comes with it a limit is you can't get near me. Well, I can get like, near you, I just can't kiss you. Right. But yes. well, basically you gotta stay X number of inches away from me. Right. <laughs> because mm no, I'm especially not getting sick wet. This. Oh yeah, especially when it's wet. Right. Um, and unset and all that. Um, but yeah, and then like lipstick never technically dries. No. Um, it rubs off, but it never dries. Right. Um, so no, it, it immediately kills that. That's a boundary. It's yeah. not mm-hmm. that he can't wear it. I like because theoretically, what I could say mm-hmm. if I were wanting to create a rule is you're not allowed to wear makeup because I'm allergic. Right. Okay, see, now that's sort of like, you know, you're not allowed to have sex before marriage because I'm a Christian. Uh-huh. Wait, what? Yeah. That's not how that works. <laughs> no, yeah. that's not the deal. Um, that's, that's a rule that's inappropriate. Right. The boundary would be you can go do whatever you want. Right. I'm cool with that. You enjoy that. I I have appreciation for that even. But I can't be involved in it. Yeah. Like, I, I can't put on makeup myself. God knows the worst day of my life was dressing up as a vampire for work and doing full white latex makeup without realizing mm-hmm. it. Right. Oh, I felt so bad. I could not figure out what the problem was until someone finally pointed out, wait, did you use a kit? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, that's latex. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Sure mm-hmm. enough, went home, looked, be damned, it said latex. Yep. I felt like crap for days. Oh, yeah. Um, but anywho. But no, that's the difference between rules and boundaries. And you do have to be very careful with those. Mm-hmm. Um, because quite frankly, if I gave him a rule that said he couldn't wear makeup, Oh, you better believe he is going to look like Mommy Dearest by the end of the day. Now, he is going to see. He's he's going to be putting on makeup with a trowel. Just how much can I get on? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why rules never work. It's the same thing. And, and like, I don't think anyone who's ever been a flipping teenager should should I, I or uh, restart the sentence. I think think that anyone who's been a teenager should have perfect understanding why rules are the worst way to do it. Right. 
boundaries work better. Rules are garbage. Right. It always gets you what you don't want, not mm. what you wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Like the rule is home by 11 p.m. You know, you know, when a parent says that, that child is going to come home at 10, 59, and 59 seconds. Mm-hmm. Or five minutes after that. Right. One of the two, oh, at least. Yeah. yeah. Just because now you've set a rule, they're going to ride to the limit. Right. You know, but if it's a boundary of if you come home late, then that time's, you know, is spent doing housekeeping tomorrow. Or, you know, something like we would prefer you home by 11. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're coming home later than that, you just need to let us know. Um, But we will have, you know, expectations for what you do. Once you get home, like you can't be waking up the rest of the household. Um, If you're going to, you know, if and you had better be home by the time that you said or else we're not going to let you go out the next time you want to go out. Like next Friday's off the table if you can't be home at a reasonable hour and I have to worry about you. Right. Like that, I mean, because the number of times I was stressed out trying to get home in time, mm-hmm. the crap that was pulled to get me home on time, it's a miracle I lived through my uh, to 18. Right. That's what I'm saying. Rules are the worst thing you can do. Boundaries work amazing. Right. Consequences for actions that are pre-established. Right. Is it worth it? Do you understand what I want? Do you understand why I want it? Mm-hmm. And what is it like? Can you make a responsible choice about following what I ask versus making a reasonable choice to not do that for good reason? Right. Like if you made every plan to get home by 11. You were going to be perfectly home by 11, but then XYZ happened, mm-hmm. and that was more important than being home by 11, and that's a good choice, and I want to encourage that. Right. I don't want you, like, running 85 miles an hour down a road to make it home by 11. Right. That wasn't the point. Right. Like, I, I'm one of those people, if I were a parent, I would, honest to God, rather you walk through the door two hours later, mm-hmm. having driven home safely. Right. You know, obeyed laws. hmm Done all the right things and been two hours late. And then I'm going to be like, okay, so now there's a punishment. You're not going out next Friday. Right. Was it worth it? Right. You know. Well, yeah. And or... We- I've had situations like that where it's like, yeah, I'll be home at seven, and it turns out, no, I'm not going to be home until like two. Yeah. And it happens. It happens. And, and it happens. Yeah. 
like shit goes sideways and i like hi i'm sorry again i think if you have children i think you should have already figured that one out right like i don't know anyone who's a parent that shit didn't go sideways right we're in a real hurry either that's how you got the child <laughs> or that first few years <laughs> should have wore you down real right. quick um because again i don't know anyone with a kid that that like their life hasn't gone sideways mm -hmm. just a little bit from right. having that kid so a little tolerance and patience for the that child Right. um and, and working with them in ways that make sense like how if you're trying to create responsible many adults who are gonna be adults mm -hmm. start at acting like they're already responsible adults mm -hmm. and give them the reality check of yeah consequences for actions kind of sucks doesn't it was it worth it do, do you want to do that again? Was it worth And the reasonable understanding that if your cell phone battery died mm -hmm. through no fault of your own, mm -hmm. um, and then the car broke down, mm -hmm. I don't want you making bad decisions and like getting in a car with someone you don't know, The like, you know, get in the car with the weird creepy guy in the white panel van that says free candy on the side. Right. Like, don't do that. Right. Like, I'd rather you walk through the door two hours later and go, I'm so sorry. Here's right. what happened. Okay. Now, if that happens the next time you go out, I'm going to be real suspicious. Right. Like, nope, you used that one already. You got to come up with a better excuse. Right. Like, now you're lying to me. That's worse. Right. All right. Let's see if they're an asshole for demanding birth control oh well demanding birth control and condom oh, use simultaneously yeah. um and this is split down the middle ah 50 50. Ooh. all right guys well we've had a lovely friday night now we have a special broadcast tomorrow night with the energy overviews at 8 p.m. Tomorrow is Psychic Saturday. I do have appointments open, and they are on discount. And Bruce the Coach do work on Psychic Saturday, so our Bruce's even get a steeper discount. They also have the energy overview coming up tomorrow night at 6.30. I did not get the thing to post it for you guys to be able to register in, so I will just be posting it in the Patreon. Ah. It's life. It has been Hades. We have a car that Joe can drive so I can go back to living my happy little housewife life. <laughs> With your Avon money. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, I wouldn't have called it Avon money if you'd gotten that big pink Cadillac. You wouldn't let me get my pink Cadillac. <laughs> Every time I show you a caddy, you're like, nope, nope, nope. I don't want to hear it. You say that like I have a veto power. You do. Like, you're good. No, I don't. Yes, you do. I'm there would be a black um, spider eclipse sitting in the driveway. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have veto power when you want me to have veto power. Let me break this down for y'all. Because he likes to, uh, I've noticed, make me sound like the bitch. 
who's like, no, he won't let me have a flamethrower. No, he won't let me have a spider eclipse. He won't let me buy a Cadillac. Bull fucking shit. The only time it matters that I said no is when he has part of his brain that goes, I probably shouldn't do this. Somewhere. Because I'll tell you right now, if he truly wants to do it, if he truly wants to do anything, oh, nothing I say is going to matter. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't. Okay. Like, you will find a way. You will wear me down. You will sit here, and I would see nothing but spider eclipses 24 hours a day until I finally said, for the love of God, just buy the fucking car. Uh huh. Okay. Because you would be fully convinced there would be no stopping you. But every time you're like, what about this one? And I'm like, no. And you go, okay. <laughs> okay. You know, we're car shopping in August. <laughs> I know. Oh, but anywho. All righty. Let's wrap this up. All right. All right, guys. You guys have a lovely evening. We will see you tomorrow night. And we want to say thank you to our baristas. Yes, of course, we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a Patreon sponsor and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, please visit PCSPNetwork.com. Good night, y'all. Good night.